Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow underway across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us wherever you can hear or watch the show. You can certainly do that at YouTube. Hope you'll subscribe to the channel there. Trey Wallace from Outkick.com will join us. We'll talk college football headlines, SEC, and more. That's straight ahead in about 20 minutes. Armando Salguero will join us today as the NFL schedule release will be officially announced later this evening. What we already know, a plethora of games across the slate. The NFL's made this into a three-day extravaganza instead of just a one-night event. Armando joins us later, and we'll discuss all the key matchups, difficult schedules, easy schedules, and does it even matter as we sit here in May. We will also say, all these NFL draft grades, do they even matter as we sit here in May? Or do you actually have to look back and compare grades of 2020 to three years later? We'll try that out later in today's show, and we get rid of Davey Hudson as well. Chad, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hudson. Excited to be here. Um, are you excited about the NFL schedule release? Not nearly as excited as most people, but here's what it does excite me. The NFL's ability to sell literally <laughs> anything. There's a line in Tommy Boy that Big Tom Callahan, played by Brian Dennehy in the beginning of that film, that he could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman wearing white gloves. That, ladies and gentlemen, perfectly encapsulates the current state of the NFL. They are selling a schedule that we already know the opponents with. And, I mean, you would think this is Christmas for sports fans. It is incredible, the amount of interest in these games. Oh, we've got the Chiefs and the Lions opening up the season, and we got a triple header on Christmas Day. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here for it also. Not to the level of, of some, but I love it. And it's a stern reminder that the NFL can do whatever they want right now and pretty much get away with it. Uh, They had some issues back in 2016. They're over that now. And the fact that it can be a borderline national holiday when schedules are leaked, not even in one announcement, schedules are trickling out left and right across the league with national games, shows you that the NFL can sell anything to anyone at any time. Hutton, it is a great time to be in the league headquarters in Manhattan because they can get away with anything. It's a great time to be a Packers fan. Uh, apparently, their entire schedule has been released on accident per the athletic. I always love when it's like a clerical error or someone <laughs> tweets something out early, earlier than they're supposed to or an email goes out to media now, too early. When those stories come out, that's always the most fun. Now, one of the coolest additions to the schedule release has been the the social media aspect of it. With the videos, you know, you've got Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson last year teaming up to do that in Denver, uh, the creativity with it. Some, some teams go with a, you know, a musical artist. Other teams just have Jerry Jones have a letter come in and then he just reads off the schedule. The teams right now know their schedule. 
And just like the NFL draft, they're keeping it under wraps for the most part because they need their social media teams ready to just rock and roll as soon as 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern rolls around. But here's where the schedule matters to the fans because unlike in college football, in a conference where you know the third Saturday in October is a rotating home game for Tennessee and Alabama, you don't know if your NFL team that's connected to your favorite college team is going to be home or away that week. Or if your team is going to be on a bye week and you want to schedule something that, oh, just so happens, maybe it'll fall during our kids' fall break. Those are the things that intrigue fans and also just gearing up and trying to plan around a weekend. From the team's point of view, that really doesn't matter. But here's what does. Here's what they argue about with the schedule makers. Division games, they want to know when the divisional games are happening. And we hit on this last year. There were a couple of different instances over the last several years, but specifically Washington and New York played back-to-back games with the bye week in between, which is just ridiculous because teams and seasons and injuries and the war of attrition, rookies become more ingrained into a starting lineup and they're not rookies anymore by the time December rolls around. Teams evolve. And if you're playing back-to-back like that, you're not getting a true representation of the two head-to-head matchups and what matters as you battle for playoff positioning. Now, we know where the Giants ended up and where Washington ended up. Point being, that was a great division a year ago. And they were playing back-to-back weeks with, again, just the bye week in between. I believe it was Washington that had the bye week. They want to know where the divisions are in the schedule. They want to know the sandwich games that are in between the bye week, meaning... Is it another AFC opponent? If you're a, a AFC, if you're in the AFC East and you have another AFC opponent in between your next divisional opponent, that's going to be a huge stretch in the season for your playoff chances. How many games are you facing an opponent where they are coming off a of bye week? This will surprise you. If you dig in and look, there are the haves and the have-nots where There may be a year where a team does not face another team coming off a bye week. That is a huge advantage for that team that doesn't have the other opponent coming into town or you're going on the road as they're well-rested. Meanwhile, there will be a team that may have multiple instances of this, two, three times, plus you're also the opponent as a team plays on Thursday night and has the long weekend and the mini-bye, as we call it. They want to know the, the altered scheduled games, what those mean. Thursday night football. Sunday night football counts for this. Monday night football. The Saturday flex games around Christmas and, and around the, the end of the schedule, week 15, 16, 17. London games and more. Are you having to play on the East Coast on the road and then fly to London? Or do you have a home game where the players can go back to their families, say goodbye, and then fly to London? All of that matters to how you set up your season. Weather games early in the season. They don't want to play in Miami. You don't want to play in Tampa Bay. But you also don't want to play in Buffalo in December. You don't want to play in New York in December. Those are all factors that teams will be looking at. And then the travel miles. That's also where, in a league that prides itself on, everyone should be around the you know 8-8, eight and 8-9, eight, eight and 9-8 and model. Seattle is always going to have a boatload of travel miles. And if you're a West Coast team that's headed to London, 
you're guaranteed that you're going to be playing on the East Coast the week prior. So you're gone from home for two, two and a half weeks, potentially, based on whatever's happening the following week when you get back from London on your bye week. All of that, Chad, is what matters for the teams today. What matters for the fans is, okay, Patrick Mahomes is coming in win, and Aaron Rodgers is coming in win. And oh, by the way, if you finished fourth in your division last year in the AFC, and you drew this year your conference, your, your division in the AFC drew the AFC East, you get the New York Jets with Aaron Rodgers. That's the schedule the Jets have is the fourth place schedule where you play the common opponent that finished in the same spot you did in their division. Well, I think it matters different for everyone. You know, it's first off, it is a gigantic marketing coup for the NFL that it matters this much at all. So hats off to them because they've turned it into something that is highly anticipated year after year. But for the fan of the individual team where you may have season tickets or you're going on road trips to the team occasionally, yeah, that individual team matters because that that shapes your weekends in the fall as to what you're doing. For most of America, though, I, I really think what matters is, oh, I get to watch Patrick Mahomes now at noon on Christmas Day against the Raiders. Or go on down the list. The opening night is going to be Lions-Chiefs. For most people, it's just that first sense of excitement because football season is eventually going to come back, and now I know what I'm going to be doing each weekend with the biggest games, or at least you, what you think the biggest games are going to be. So it is different for everyone. You laid it out well about the teams and what they're looking at and what they may be calling the league office complaining about tomorrow, but for most fans, I think you're looking at the TV schedule and saying, oh, here are the big national games these weeks that I'm going to be watching. Yeah, but that doesn't plan your fall. Because if you're a PSL holder, if you paid a certain amount just to have the right to buy season tickets for one of these teams to help fund their stadiums, right? Like your your plan based on your investment, you need to know when you need to be in town versus when you're leaving. Yeah, that's why I opened by saying it's three different things. There's tears to it. There's yeah. the there's the fan who's going to be planning their weekends. It's going to shape their weekend because they're going to games or they're going on road trips with their favorite team. Then it, for the most people, though, I think it is. This is my television viewing for the fall. So there's different reasons to get excited. And how about over the past couple of years, we've seen Dallas and Tampa Bay, right? You've had the brands. How about this year? They're opening Thursday night. Mahomes, Super Bowl champs, they'll open at home in Kansas City against Detroit, featuring the Lions and the buzz behind the franchise that's had no buzz behind it for a long time. Known for being the cellar dweller and they'll be kicking off against the cream of the crop of the NFL huge year for Detroit and them having some validity as a as a contender no Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay Chicago's worse off than you are yeah Minnesota to me is the team to beat to, to beat right now in that division I, I would say but Detroit's right there with them big year and they get the NFL draft next spring also. So all of that leading in to what's going to be a big moment for the city of Detroit next spring. I'm all in on the lines. That, that is the, the team that I'm most interested in in the NFC. The AFC is just loaded with storylines and quarterback Insane. after quarterback. NFC, give me the Lions. That's the team I want to watch more than any other NFC team. Looking forward to it. And, and again, we'll continue the discussion on the NFL schedule. Armando Salguero joins us next hour. 
Uh, Chad, we've got two NBA games on tap tonight. 76ers with a chance to close out the Boston Celtics. Philly is back home. They lead that series 3-2. And then the second of a doubleheader, Suns home with a chance to tie the series and head to a game seven in a series that's 3-2 Denver. Um, and last night, series stay alive. This is great for the league. Knicks win. Jalen Brunson continues to show out, plays every minute for the first time. Full game. And then meanwhile, Steph Curry, who was really cold, still finds a way to put up 25 or so points. But they find Draymond Green with a double-double where he has 20 points and, you know, uh, what, 10 or 11 rebounds. And then they pair that with Andrew Wiggins, who went off last night. And they hold off L.A. and they get the win and they extend the series. The second-round series have been incredible. And the fact that all of them are going to at least get to a game six. Yeah is a huge boom for the NBA. Now, the hope is that this isn't the mountaintop of these playoffs and that the series don't fall off a cliff in the conference finals and the NBA finals. If the trend continues, though, we're going to see some great conference final series and possibly a great NBA finals. I will pose this question, though, about what's left in the NBA. How many true alphas are left on teams? I can go down the list right now, and there are a number of teams left that I don't know I can point to a true alpha. The Boston Celtics are one of them. Jason Tatum's a great player. I wouldn't put him in the category of alpha, going to go win you a game, wants everyone to get out of the way when it's time to go win. Jimmy Butler's an alpha. Steph Curry's an alpha. I think Klay Thompson's an alpha. They've got multiple alphas. LeBron James, certainly an alpha. Is Jokic an an alpha? I think so. Right, But if you start going team to team, Hutton, and trying to say this team has the guy that has what it takes, that he wants everybody to get out of the way when it's, when it's crunch time, that's not every team left in the NBA playoffs. Will that bear a factor now as we enter these game six? Well, and it, it, it bears a factor, yes, but it also, they also have the opportunity to create one of those. You know, a guy can rise to the occasion and... and claim that brass ring that we always look at down the list where it's LeBron and Steph. Yeah, I, I think you can Jokic, do that. Jokic can really become one of those household names where played in Denver, I, I realize the media is voting him in as MVP. And he's been excellent. He's great. But, I mean, until playoff time, the vast majority of the common basketball fan is not watching him on a nightly basis. No, no. I don't think Denver's much watching him on a nightly basis, but much less the league, but he, he is a truly great player. The Lonnie Walkers, the Austin Reeves for the Lakers, they can step up in spurts and win you a game in a players. fourth quarter. Yeah. What I'm really searching for, though, is will someone levitate? Yeah, Embiid. Embiid. Your MVP. James Harden. I mean, you know, Jason Tatum. I mean, name any. Uh, Jalen Brown. Go down the list of possible Celtics that could do it. Jimmy Butler's capable of doing it. You've got Devin Booker and and Kevin Durant with Phoenix. There are guys that are capable of it, but who are we left to say they they truly are an alpha for their team and can really take it over? I think that list is small, and that's because I have a very high bar before calling someone a true alpha in the league, right? In any league, and there's not many that are left in these playoffs. Will someone else step up? as the series get later. You know, uh, one, another alpha is Matt Ishbia, new owner of the Phoenix Suns, at least to me, because what he's doing is he's taking advantage of the Diamond Sports Group 
which is a, a subsidiary of, of Sinclair Broadcasting, one of those that filed for bankruptcy, trying to alleviate $8 billion worth of debt. And Ishbia was a part, he inherited a team that was a part of that contract. And he announced that, hey, he was going to take his, every, everything was going to be underneath the sun's umbrella. And U.S. bankruptcy law protects the debtors from having their contracts modified or, or just completely terminated without their consent. So he's done this, Ishbia has done this without Diamond Sports Group's consent. So there is a judge that has blocked the Suns from agreeing to this new TV setup where everything is more or less in-house, broadcasting on free television, online streaming, and more. What this is is just a pause in the process because this is what the NBA is headed towards. We've seen this from the regional sports groups. Those are dying. Those are going by the wayside. And we're seeing it in Major League Baseball as well. So I see the headline, Chad. This is just a wait and be patient approach now, even though the Suns have said, like, hey, uh, the season's over based on the contract after the regular season. So we can announce whatever we want, but the, t the contract can't be terminated even though they filed for bankruptcy. You know, we had Clay on yesterday talking about the streaming business. Certainly the regional sports network bubble is bursting before our very mm -hmm. eyes. Um, the streaming bubble may burst soon, too. So we keep looking at possible Pac-12 TV deals, NBA we're talking about now, Major League Baseball teams that are without a television partner. Will they move to a streamer? Will they start their own thing? These are big questions facing the future of sports right now because the streaming model is not doing that well. Regardless of all the content they're pumping out, they're losing a ton of money also. And I feel like we're doing this roundabout thing to get back to we really probably had it right with just basic cable all along. That was probably the best business model for everyone involved, and we may end up circling back to that at some point, and sports could be a big part of it. Because a lot of the streaming services, you end up paying about the same amount of money per yeah. month, right, if you, yeah. if you combine everything into it. Um, and in this case, what Ishbia is doing, it would be on free TV based on an agreement they have with great television there. Yeah, and he's, and he's partnered with like an upstart. Losing, yeah, he's service. losing millions by not you know shopping this out to other people, and he's doing it saying, "I want every Suns fan to be able to watch this team and not pay a, a dime for arm. it." It is a great marketing move for him, and how much money does that make him in return? And ticket sales oh. and merchandise and everything else, and just in not I'm not talking about the tangible, not the money in his hand, not the wads of cash he's going to have, but the intangible of endearing yourself to an entire market oh, but the, think and about a this. fan base. We're not talking about a market without any star power either. Durant, yeah. Booker, and others are a part of this. I mean, if you're looking for a, a fan base that would be you know, at a fever pitch to watch the product, these are the players you would want to acquire. Well, look, I haven't paid for a drink on a Southwest flight since they screwed everything up during the holidays, okay? I think that's a pretty concerted effort by Southwest to say, you know, we'll lose a lot of money on drinks for a while, but we can afford to do that as a goodwill gesture. Matt Ishbia can't afford to lose millions on a TV deal if it's going to in some way benefit him long term. Was it a this heavy is pork? a calculated move, uh, medium. Oh. This is a calculated move to ensure that he's well-liked in that market and this team is well-received for years to come. I think it's brilliant. 
and he's sacrificing short-term earnings for long-term goodwill in doing so. Brilliant. Devin Willock's father has filed a $40 million lawsuit against the University of Georgia and others. We'll pick up with that story and more with Trey Wallace. He joins us next from Outkick.com on Hotline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hunting with Withrow with you for Hot Mike across the Outkick Network. Hope you'll go to the YouTube page. That's where you can find all of the shows on demand. Outkick.com is where you can find Trey Wallace. Our guest covers the SEC for Outkick. Trey, great to see you, man. Hope things are well this week. Yeah, guys, it's uh, it's it's good to see you. Uh, hope everything. Hope y'all got through the uh, the toilet Taylor Swift madness last week and uh, chat with this fun trip up to New York. So good to be back with y'all. I think there were more people around the Taylor Swift concert than in uh, Manhattan uh, over the weekend. So yeah, I got away from Not the bad. crowds somehow. Trey, uh, hey, I was there on I was there on Friday night, so I can tell you how crazy the madness was. All good. Trey, we, we knew it was only a matter of time, right, with the lawsuits that were going to be filed against Georgia and literally anyone else that could be named in the uh, the tragic accident and then the death of a former uh, staff member and player. And Devin Willock's father has filed a $40 million lawsuit against Georgia. What What's the latest? What What are the claims? And who all is named in this? You know, so it's interesting when you when we break down the lawsuit and and how we look at it and who's actually named in this. um, You've got, you know, besides Chandler LaCroix, who was the driver of the vehicle, um, you you know, you've got Jalen Carter, who is named in this uh, first round draft pick. Um, He's also the 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 NIL company that he got the car through. So the car dealership that he got the car through that he was driving on that night where he already pled no contest to racing uh, in his on 12 months probation, um, uh, uh, 80 hours community service, a fine, whatnot. So he's involved in the lawsuit along with the University of Georgia Athletic Association. So pretty much the University of Georgia Athletic Department. Um, so when we really break this down and we look at this, you know, the the money figure kind of stands out to me. If you guys remember last month, um, his father, uh, Kevin Willock, he filed a notice and he was filing the notice to let everybody know that he was filing the lawsuit. Well, then it was $2 million that was in the, the, the notice that was going to be filed. He was saying, okay, I'm going to sue them for $2 million. Which is the maximum yes. or whatever, right? Right. Yesterday we got to forty million dollars, um, and 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 that was filed. Um, so he's he's looking for you know punitive damages as well. And look, I I I, I don't I, I'm not sitting here. I don't blame him I don't, for one bit. Um, there are circumstances around this situation um, that that do not put Georgia 
in a good spotlight when it comes to this lawsuit, in in my opinion. Um, you know, d- d- dating back to the whole the whole celebration weekend, uh, when when unfortunately, you know, the the driver was on call pretty much the whole weekend. That was her job was to drive around these players, drive around recruits. Um, we see this at all college campuses, by the way. Let, let, you know, this is not just a Georgia situation, but unfortunately, it's a Georgia situation because of what happened that night. Um, you you look at how this is going to play out. You know, the fact that we've gotten this far tells me, and I, I spoke to a couple people yesterday about this, um, they don't plan on settling. Um, Georgia's kind of uh, dug in their heels. If you look at the statement that they had released when the first notice of a lawsuit was coming, they dug their heels into the ground. You know, they they said, we fight some of these allegations. I don't have it right in front of me, but we're fighting some of these allegations. A lot of this is untrue. Um, so I'm now I'm interested to see, you know, what comes out of any type of, you know, if we go to a trial here, what comes out? There's going to be cell phone records. There are going to be documents that are going to be released. Um, and if we get that far, you know, it, it it gets to a gray area, guys, where a lot more could be brought out about Georgia besides just what happened that night, because they're going to go back. And if you're a good attorney, you're going to go back and you're going to look for inconsistencies or stuff like this that has happened, not a car wreck or anything like that, but stuff that's led up to that type of incident. You're going to go back years to try to find that guy. So I, I am now interested to see, you know, how much this gets involved. And the NIL thing is also an interesting factor in this. And and, and that's something that I don't think people are are talking about enough. Um, The fact that they have filed the lawsuit and putting in there as a defendant, they put in the auto group that Jalen Carter got the car from. I, it, it, it is very interesting to see where this goes because it's, it's not just, University officials around the country. It's not just people like me, journalists watching this. You know, you got NIL groups that are now watching this too, where you're like, oh, wait a minute, we can get involved and tagged in a lawsuit or something like this. So there's a lot at play here, guys. Yeah. And it's the Sarcioni Auto Group out of Ohio. They are the official auto partner of the Cleveland Browns. They're the ones named in this because they're the auto group that had the deal with Georgia defensive lineman Jalen Carter. Well, and it's, it's you know, Jalen Carter. It's not just one thing, right, with Georgia. It's Jalen Carter. Right. It's Stetson Bennett. Yeah. It's another wide receiver getting arrested. It's uh, a lineman using an anti-Asian slur uh, on, on live social media he had to go back and apologize for. And I, I think the next logical question, Trey, is will this affect Georgia's bottom line? And the bottom line in big-time college sports are wins and losses. Is this something being used against Georgia on the recruiting trail currently? Do you think this in any way impacts their program and their ability to land the top players in the country and continue winning SEC and national championships? I think the way that that happens, guys, is if other coaches around the country start bringing this up in recruiting meetings. Now, let's be honest. You know, if 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 your child and you were sitting in a room with a head coach from Georgia or an assistant coach from Georgia. Um, and and you saw, I don't have any kids, but, but you know, Chad, you would probably be like, you'd ask some questions. 
You'd be like, okay, what has gone on over the last seven months? You're getting sued for how much money? I have a lot of questions. Yeah. Right. You're getting sued for how much money you're, you're telling me that you have people that drive around our student athlete, our kids when they're drunk at night and you're allowing them to go to strip clubs and you do all this. Look, 18 to 21 year old kids are going to do all that stuff. Okay. But it's all about the university being involved in it is I guess the best way that I'm trying to put it. Um, so they're going to be questions and you're, yeah, you're going to have coaches from other schools, not use the tragedy that night against them, but use the circumstances that have happened around the university of Georgia over the past year or two. Um, and, and look, do I, do I think they take a hit? Not particularly, not like, you know, not like Alabama athletics right now and the situation they're in from a PR standpoint. You know, I think Georgia, it's going to get bad for Georgia when this thing goes to trial, if it does. And if you're smart, if Georgia is smart, they figure out a way to settle this case because you do not want I talked, I talked to a lawyer yesterday. They said what they're going to, I asked what they're going to do. I already kind of knew it, but I asked what they're going to go and get Kirby smarts, text messages. They're going to get assistant coaches, text messages, athletic directors, text messages, phone records, everything that they can get. Even if it's a small tie to the case, they're going to ask for everything. And Georgia will probably have to turn that over, uh, especially when it comes to Freedom of Information Acts as well, too. So there's a lot that goes into this that can make Georgia um, look even worse. Unfortunately, I guess is the best way to put it over the next year or two. Well, and let's just fill in the, the the gaps here on why it's why they're going after Georgia based on Chandler Lacroix and her driving that night. So she was yes. driving a a university issued vehicle for the football program. She had had right. multiple speeding incidents and tickets, up to at least four that that were on record. I know Georgia's saying they didn't know about the most recent one, which was speeding like over 70. She was going over 70 in a 55. But she was behind the wheel going 104 miles per hour at the time of the wreck and nearly, what, twice the legal limit based on the blood yes. test? twice the legal limit, yes. And, and that's, yes. that's so, why they're going after Georgia based on the fact that she was driving the university-issued car. Guys, it's as, it's as simple as this. It would be like any other case. You know, if 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 I were to get hurt on the job for a company that I was working at, I would, and it wasn't my fault, I'd sue the company because I'm 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 either losing wasage or punitive damage or or and, mental health what whatever. And so, it's, and it's not about her yeah, driving; that, it's that she was assigned to drive that night yeah, for the university. Look, Georgia's paying a lot of money. I mean, I don't know they're going to pay the full forty million, but they're going to have to settle for a lot of money in this deal based on all the facts of the case. I think I think they I think they got to meet halfway. Let's yeah. be honest; I think they have to meet halfway at twenty million dollars. And the biggest thing, and I want people to take away from this, is that you had her who unfortunately lost her life, mm-hmm. but she was on the clock. She was working. She was drinking. It's been proved that she was drinking at the time. She was speeding. And also at the time, they were drag racing or or, or racing down the county highway with Jalen Carter, who also, by the way, pled no contest, which really is saying, yes, I did it. And and he was sentenced to um, not prison time, but but sentenced to some sanctions himself. So they have they have the room here to do what they need to do when it comes to the lawsuit. 
So it's uh, it's rubber chicken circuit time now across the SEC and across college football with coaches speaking to their fans and then quotes get out and we like to talk about them. Yes. And one got out this week with Jimbo Fisher. He's at the Fort Worth Aggies Club <laughs> and he was asked about TCU season and uh, Jimbo Fisher says they stayed healthy, they had a lot of experience and they got to where they had to get to. And then when they got to the SEC, it changed, didn't it? Trey, couldn't the same be said for Jimbo Fisher? That things were going great, and then he got to the SEC and things changed quickly? How was he any better than TCU he got, based on his SEC experience got, so far? He got to the Sun Belt last year and things changed. App, <laughs> yeah, App State. That's true. I mean, talk about trying to rile up your crowd with the stupidest comment ever. I mean, it, oh, but I you know those Aggies are, yeah, you tell them, coach, it's SEC. You tell them, coach. You get them. Get him, Billy yeah, Bob. Gig him. That's what they gig him. That's that's what happened in that room when he said that. Right, and by the way, it was at the largest honky tonk in the world at Billy Bob's, which is a really cool place to go. Yes, if you've it is. Been. That's not besides the fact. Uh, Jimbo Fisher needs to shut up. I get that he's trying to rile up his fan base. Uh, he's trying to get them excited. He also used a quote last night that this team has the tenacity of the 2020 team. It's like, oh, wait a minute, man. Come on, dude. You're going back two and a half, three years to talk about, you know, how excited your group is and how mad they are. They want to play. And then you take, you took a shot at TCU who went undefeated in the regular season while your ass was going two and six in the last eight games of the season. Uh, you don't make it anywhere near the playoffs. You haven't sniffed the playoffs besides the COVID year. And then you want to, and then you want to make fun of TCU, who made it to the national championship game by beating Michigan. It's like, come on, man! I know you look. I know they were in Fort Worth, Texas, and that is the backyard of the Horn Frogs. But man, be smarter than that. Like, and I get it too. Look, you're doing this to rile up the fans. You want to raise some money, some NIL money. You want to get a couple of them gigums out there, and you want to have a good time down there at Billy Bob's. But Sonny Dykes, I mean, he made you look like a fool last year. I mean, Texas A&M's out here losing to, you know, to App State. You know, they're they're they're, they're getting beat by Auburn. You know, their their last two wins of the season came against UMass, and then an LSU team that you know was off and on all season long. So it's just look, you're gonna see this. It's talking season. It is go out on the road and promote your program season and also let me throw in a jab or two whenever I can. The problem for Jimbo Fisher is he hasn't proved anything yet at Texas A&M. He hasn't done anything yet. Sonny Dykes did more in one season than Jimbo Fisher has done during his time at Texas A&M. That, that, period. So it, I, I look at it and I'm like, okay, all right, it's a fun little joke, but the joke's on you, bro. Like, you haven't done anything. You haven't made the playoff with a talented roster. Like, you keep proclaiming every single year that you're at Texas A&M. You keep, all right, this, we got a great roster, man. We're going to figure this thing out. We're going to be in playoff contention. He hadn't, he, hadn't, he hadn't snipped it. He hadn't snipped it yet. So, I, I don't, you know, whatever. Jimbo's going to Jimbo. We'll talk to him in three weeks down at the SEC spring meetings, and I'm sure he'll have stuff to say, and he'll promote his football team. But I don't trust Texas A&M with a 10-foot stick right now. Until they actually go to Miami in the second week of the season and do something, maybe I'll give them a small amount of credit. But uh, but right now, that's a that's a program that's kind of a laughing stock around the conference. Trey, final minute and a half here. 
three weeks from now, how much is Sankey preaching and discussing the betting scandals across college baseball and imp- implementing his take and driving home the fact that it won't be the NCAA who crushes you. It's going to be me as the conference commissioner if it happens again. Yeah, that's going to be a hot button, hot button topic. Um, and, I, and I wouldn't be surprised, guys, if we see more come out about gambling in the, before we get down to SEC spring meetings. And I'm talking about other schools, um, just in talking with a few folks about this. Um, I, I think that the Greg Sankey is going to try to hammer this home to the baseball? press down You're there. You're saying but, baseball or like Iowa yeah. State type stuff? Iowa State type stuff. Okay. Um, not not Alabama coach who just went stupid and decided to get caught on whatever. That's a whole nother story. Everybody knows about now, I hope. But I think Greg Sankey's going to try to make that point, guys. He's going to try to drive it home um, to the coaches that are in the rooms, to the ADs. And the biggest thing I look at it too is, guys, you invited it on your campus. LSU signed a deal with Caesars Sportsbook in 2021 to make them the official athletics college sportsbook of Caesars. You got to figure out where you want to go with this. Either you're inviting it on your campus or you're trying to keep it away. And I promise you, if you invite it on your campus, student athletes somehow are going to try to get involved. So it's going to be a hot button topic. I expect him to discuss it a good amount, along with the scheduling changes we're going to have and everything else. Uh, I look forward to it. We'll see what all the coaches and uh, the commissioner has to say in a couple of weeks. Trey, I look forward to checking out the, the Trey Wallace podcast available now. Your guest this week is Grant Furking, former wide receiver in the SEC at Tennessee, and now the NIL expert of all things name, image, likeness for On3 Sports. I'm sure that was a great conversation. Yeah, guys, it really was. I I love Grant. I'm glad he got to come on. We also got into the gambling situation, and uh, we talked about student athletes and at at Tennessee and other schools that, you know, potential gambling as well and how they got around it, if they did or not. Um, But a great conversation on NIL and where it's going. And, uh, we just continue, all of us, doing big things here at Outkick and excited about the future, and uh, always appreciate you guys having me. Trey, thank you, man. Uh, check out the Trey always Wallace Podcast. Always fun having you on the show, Trey. Yeah, thank you. Trey Wallace Podcast available. Thanks, Outkick.com is where you can find that. Coming up, Bo Jackson. Uh, we've It's a terrifying story. Yeah, it really is, with the hiccups that he can't get rid of. He's had the hiccups for over a month, and he's having a medical yeah. procedure for it. We'll discuss that. Plus, I have an incredible behind-the-scenes story on Bo Jackson. That involves a bullet. That's next on Hot Mike. That's a tease. Chad, Bo Jackson says he's had the hiccups for nearly a year. And for the last month, it's increased. And he's going to have a medical procedure to hopefully alleviate this with one of the all-time great athletes we've seen. It's a terrifying I, story, and I've got a lot of questions. Is it like a once-every-30-seconds hiccup? Does it come once an hour? Does it go away for any period of time and then come back? Is it consistent? Does it pick up in pace? I mean, I've got a lot of questions, and so, this sounds miserable. I know. So the College Football Hall of Famer, he's been battling this, and – you know, he had a, a dedication day for him, and he wasn't there to deal because he was dealing with the hiccups. That's how bad they were that day. He says, I've had the hiccups since last July. I'm getting a medical procedure done at the end of the week to try to remedy this. He was saying this on uh, McElroy and Kubelik on uh, WJOX down in, in, in Birmingham. I've been busy sitting at the doctors 
poking me, shining things down my throat, probing me every way they can find out why I've got the hiccups. That's the only reason I wasn't there for the dedication. And they, the doctors to this point have not been able to find the cause. And apparently this is a condition that can last years, plural. I mean, that's, it's gone a year already with him. Yeah. What would you do? Of all the things to worry about in this but life, one that I've never thought you, about was having chronic hiccups that won't go away. But like, so. But we've all had hiccups at a time where we felt like it would never go away. And then you try. And to, it probably lasts an hour. Someone comes up and tries to scare you, right? And you you jolt out of it. And you, or I always try to just burp or something. That that helps me get rid of. I, I found Hold that your if breath. you can swallow, like get some water and try to swallow one in. Like if you're swallowing at the right time and I'll it hits at the, the right in. time, it almost like takes the air Reverses in and it. changes it. That, so the, that's my trick. So the treatment, uh, drink water quickly. I don't think that, that's never helped that's, me. That's kind of mine. Um, swallowing granulated sugar, dry pieces of bread, or crushed ice. Never heard that. Um, gently rubbing your eyeballs. <laughs> this is straight from the Cleveland Clinic. I don't know how that works the either. eyeballs connected to the hiccup organ that we didn't know about breathing into a paper bag in parentheses do not use a plastic bag davy write that down yeah um gently pulling on your tongue i mean i just i don't i've never tried these these I mean, remedies some of these sound like you know someone says oh you hurt your leg and they punch you in the arm well your leg doesn't hurt anymore does it like pulling your tongue or rubbing your eyeball sounds like you're just trying Hold to distract from Hold your breath and issue. swallow three times is one. Yeah, Why three? That's, that's Why three one. and not four? It's, it, like, it's the same concept as swallowing water. You're trying to choke it back when you're holding your breath. If you can let one, it's like swallowing a bomb and letting it go off inside of you. Yes. You know, you hold your breath long enough, and if one of the hiccups go off in your chest and don't come out, then you're good. Yeah, I mean, the... Cures are not common for the chronic hiccups, according to Harvard. It takes a while. That sucks. So, uh, Bo Jackson, you want to talk about a guy that lives you know, by the, the rules of where he grew up in Alabama. Rural Alabama. It is Bo Jackson. Bo knows. And I had the chance to, to catch up with him for a chat with Eddie George once, Chad, where the three of us were on Zoom during, this during COVID. And he joins us from his man cave. And the backdrop is nothing but, as you would expect, bows and arrows everywhere. Handmade. This is what he does. It's like his hobby. He's an he, archer. Yeah, he makes arrows. Um, he loves to hunt and fish. He had fishing rods that he had made. Everything. Lures on the wall. So we went through all that. And I open up just by saying, like, hey, I see all these bows and arrows. Um, I don't see any guns. I'm assuming you don't hunt with anything but... The, the bow and arrow. He goes, no, 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 I, I, I hunt, but I, I just bow and arrow whenever I'm out for, for leisure. And then he like rifles through this, it sounds like pocket change, but it's bullets. You can hear, he like reaches forward and he's got, he's digging through all this stuff. And he pulls out this high caliber bullet and it's autographed. And it's autographed by the guy who's dating his daughter. And come to find out, they were getting married that following weekend, and he had kept that bullet that he had signed like six years prior. And I'm thinking to myself, can you imagine going to the home of Bo Jackson? He pulls out the ammunition and says, 
sign this. Because if you F up, this is yours. It's got your name on it, and I'm coming for you. And I believe I would believe him. Yes. You know? This is not I, a joke. I love the fact. I said, how many other bullets are signed down there? He goes, none. This is the only one. <laughs> and true story, uh, he, he said he was going to present it or whatever at the, the wedding. We did check in. Everything was it's great for the wedding that weekend. But An amazing I, story. I love, and and he, he had no idea we were going to go to this. And he's digging through it, trying to find it, because he knew it was in this big pile. He had this big bucket of ammunition. I'm imagining him, you know, when the, the son-in-law comes over for dinner or for a, a Mother's Day or whatever. He's like, hey, Daryl, go down to the man cave and pull out your bullet. And he makes him uh, present the bullet in front of him at the dinner table. And he just has to sit it there. It's like his, but it's, hey, it's like his placard again, in front of him, and it's his bullet that he autographed he, every time. He autographed it when he started dating his daughter. After this is all after like asking for her hand in marriage and all this, he was as dead serious telling that story then as he was six years prior, and you could see it. And I was just like, man, this guy is intense. If you don't love Bo Jackson, something's wrong with you. Beautiful signature, by the way, on this bullet. I don't know how what I would have done. <laughs> he does everything. I would have been well. jittery. This guy looked like he's signing a check. The man never misses. Alpha. Gets it right every time. Details next uh, on Urban Meyer and Jacksonville, plus headlines on Hot Mike.